Josh, coming back for another uh, kind of a random episode just to get something back on this feed. Um, I have been pretty busy. Um, Not even like any random stuff has just been pretty crazy with work and whatnot. My schedule's kind of been all over the place. In fact, I'm actually driving home now at midnight from work because I am working 2 to 12 now uh, since they decided to put us on four-day work weeks. So now I'm doing 10 hours Tuesday through Friday. And then here in a couple weeks, I should change uh, from like 8.30 to I think 7.30 technically uh, when the boys go back to school. So yeah, it's just been kind of all over the place in terms of my work schedule. Just made a lot of things very difficult. So I figured, uh, hey, why not? Let's do another one of those just wave riding episodes where I kind of talk about uh, just things that have come up. Um, so I figured, hey, why not give you guys an update? Uh, so as of right now, I have, I think, like six or seven episodes ready to record uh, for this next year. Um, I'm hoping to have him um, start dropping in September, uh, but we will see. Alan and, and I have yet to record a single one of them, um, so if need be, it might just be a one-man show for some of them, um, but if I can get Alan on, that'd be even better. Um, so yeah, I figured... How about, for this little random episode, I talk about, uh, kind of go over a little bit of San Diego Comic Con that just happened. Um, just kind of do like a quick rundown of certain things. I don't want to get too in-depth in it, since I did not go, and that's very depressing for me. Uh, But when you live in Kansas, it's kind of difficult to fly out to San Diego, uh, especially if you have family and whatnot, and it's not like you do this for a living. So let's talk about San Diego Comic-Con for a little bit. So I just kind of have like a little rundown list I have sitting here in my cup holder. I'm just going to peek down at that I wanted to touch on. Uh, The first is that D&D movie, which I don't know about anyone else, but I think it might be okay. Maybe. Uh, It was giving me some major almost like Marvel vibes. Uh, I saw a lot of people saying like Guardians of the Galaxy, which I can see in terms of like, oh, here's a team and everyone has a sense of humor, whatever. But I was getting more specifically Thor Ragnarok vibes from the trailer, Um, both from the humor that they were injecting into the characters, but also the music choice. And then there was a scene where he's leaping off a crumbling bridge, I think it was. Uh, He's kind of in the air, coming down onto a dragon, which reminds me of the scene in Thor Ragnarok where he is coming down from the sky, uh, 
lightning is shooting out behind him and it's slow motion. It's the one where Led Zeppelin's playing. Um, and just kind of gave me like very, very similar uh, feelings to that. Uh, so it could be good. Uh, just because it has a feel in the trailer like those movies doesn't mean they're, it's going to be anywhere near as good. But I guess we'll see. Um, but since we talked about Marvel, um, Marvel itself had quite a bit of news. Um, Hickman is apparently going to do another big event in the comics. I'm looking forward to that, especially after... I have not read his X-Men run. I'm curious to see how that goes. Um, but more specifically, like his Avengers and Fantastic Four, um, that kind of stuff, which I thought was amazing. I don't really read a ton of Marvel stuff, but when I read that, I was engaged. I was invested. I thought it was fantastic. So, knowing that he is going to be in charge of the next big event, I'm down for that. As for the, like, movies and TV and all that kind of stuff, whatever, I'm probably one of the odd men out here um, in the minority where I am kind of sick of Marvel stuff um, in the cinematic universe. There's just so much of it. Um, I know people are saying that it's aimless, and I don't know if I would necessarily agree with that. I think they're setting up a lot of stuff. The problem is, like, all this time that they're setting up, there's just a lot of it. Um, and so nothing really big and substantial feels like it's happened. Um, but... You know, I think I had peeked at what the hour count was, and I think phase four by itself, and it's not even over, has lasted longer than phases one through three um, for Marvel. And that is insane, considering it's only happened in, what, past year or two? That we've gotten more content than, well, like, ten years of the first three phases? And I don't next two years we're supposed to get all this other stuff and I I can't I can't follow it I, I don't have the time I can't I just can't do it so anybody out there that does follow every single episode every single movie more power to you but man I I I can't do it I'm I think I'm checked out fully from Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'll probably peek in on their big stuff, but and anything that's like super high praise, but yeah. Not sure it's for me anymore. If they went back to like one or two things a year, maybe I'd be down, but it's like six or seven and thirty hours each year type feel. Um, not for me anymore. So yeah. Um, on the flip side, you have DC Comics, who barely showed up at San Diego Comic-Con from the looks of it, and maybe it's because they do that fandom um, the past few years, and maybe they're saving bigger stuff for that, I don't know, but, you know, they mentioned Black Adam, which, I don't know, might be okay, um, I like the idea of seeing, like, the Justice Society in there, I think that could be pretty cool. The Rock, it's uh, you know, The Rock himself as an actor is kind of whatever. I'm not really a. 
it's sad when like his WWE acting is more kind of enthralling to watch than his actual Hollywood acting. He had far more personality uh, back then. He was fun to watch, and now it's just kind of another performance from The Rock, uh, from Dwayne Johnson. And so I can't get excited anytime he's in a role. But, you know, maybe the film will be good. It could be action-packed. They have that stupid yellow tint on it because it's in the, you know, in, in the Middle East that they like to do. I think is really lame, but um, aside from that, they had Shazam, which I have still yet to see that movie. I've still yet to see Shazam. Um, heard a lot of good things, but after seeing this trailer, nothing, nothing about it really spoke to me. It seemed kind of fairly by the numbers. Nothing particularly exciting. Got, got me going for it. Um, so I'll probably wait to see what other people have to say about it. But that trailer didn't do anything for me. I feel like that's a lot of kind of what I've been seeing online is that they were expecting a little bit more from that trailer and it felt more uh, kind of generic superhero uh, in a way. So that's a little disappointing in that regard. Um, Comic-wise, Dark Crisis is now Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, which they are saying is the uh, official sequel, which is a weird thing to say since I swear to God, Infinite Crisis was the official sequel of Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, considering uh, what all went into that uh, event, but you know, I've said in the past on this podcast, I am a sucker for big events. I like the idea of a threat big enough for all the heroes in the universe to team up and work against. Um, so this is no different. But kind of getting sick of the multiverse stuff, DC. Like, let's go do something else. It's stuff like Blackest Night or you know, Underworld Unleashed, Final Night. You know, give me those kind of events where maybe they're not as huge in scope in terms of what gets changed and whatnot, but they don't need to be. They don't need to be this universal threat type of thing every two years. Just give a good fun event, you see. Step away from the multiverse for a little bit. Let it breathe. You don't need to reset stuff or change up the timeline or bring back worlds that disappeared. Just let it go for a little bit. Seriously. Um, Let's see. What else do I have here as I go through the streetlights here? Uh, Power Rangers are going to meet up with Ninja Turtles again. That is pretty cool. The Power Rangers in general seem to be having like a lot of different crossovers. I know they had the one with the Justice League a few years ago, um, Ninja Turtles. Uh, they're doing one currently with Godzilla, which is pretty cool. Uh, having all like Rita's monsters come into play and stuff too. 
Freddie Williams is doing that, and I love Freddie's work. It's always great. Um, they're just fun. They're fun little crossovers that only go for like six issues. Uh, nothing really, you know, lasting ever comes from it. But you don't always need something like that. Sometimes you just need it to be fun. Um, and that's what those do. So having them meet up with the Ninja Turtles again, like, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. I will read it. I'm sure my kid will love it as well. Just fond of the Batman crossover with the Ninja Turtles. Uh, all three of them. Even picked up that animated movie they did of the first one. So, yeah. Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles, I'll read that too. Um, let's see here. Okay. So, looks like the last thing I have here for S. DCC that I want to mention is the Sandman news. So I am just going to be perfectly blunt and um, honest here. I have never read Sandman. I know that is blasphemy in a way because I know Sandman is a classic book in comics. Uh, Neil Gaiman, you know, dude can write, and, you know, I've, I've seen Sandman stuff outside of the Sandman series, um, I've just never done it, I don't know, I really don't know why, so, I know there's excitement to finally see it like a live action version of it but I will probably hold off on watching that until I read those books which God knows when that will be but I think I would rather read those first than watch what might be a uh, try not to hit this car here a more like subdued version of it um, hopefully it's faithful to it Hopefully it's just as good, if not better, than what was in the books. Um, it sounds like Neil may have a lot of uh, kind of influence on it, so that's good. But yeah, overall it just... I don't know. Like, both... Okay, living here in the Midwest kind of sucks, um, especially when you're poor. Um, you always see the news about San Diego Comic-Con. You see all the news about New York Comic-Con. And it's been one of those things I have always wanted to go see. Um, my wife at several points has uh, talked about how we need to just go. Just do it one day. But I know that's not really something I don't think she would enjoy very well. And, you know, over the years we've had kids and everything. And I know... Especially my little one. He's autistic. Putting him in a crowd like that would probably be the worst possible thing. Um, my oldest one, I don't... I have a feeling he probably would not be super crazy about the crowds either. Um, I think they would like seeing all the cosplay and stuff, but they're not attached to any of the creators or anything. Um, so that would mostly be a me thing. and I don't want to drag them into something that they don't really want to do. And frankly it's a very costly thing so I kind of live vicariously through all the people that do go and all the news that comes out of it and it's kind of sad for me I would 
really like to go. Maybe one, maybe one year I will. Um, especially San Diego. That I think that would be more my speed than New York. I really have zero interest in going to New York. Um, yeah, maybe one day I'll go. But it seems like this year San Diego just didn't really get me excited for anything. like outside of the Marvel stuff there wasn't really anything that really would have shook up much of anything on the comic side of things and you know I think there are definitely people like myself who are getting kind of burnt out on how much Marvel stuff is out there while others are just cannot have enough so I think if you're one of those people, then San Diego did good. You know what's coming down the pipeline for the next two years for the most part. And yeah. So that is my bit on San Diego Comic Con. I am now at home. I was trying to wrap this up as quickly as I could, knowing how close I was getting. And so I might do another one tomorrow night as I head home. I think I'll just talk about maybe some of the books I've been reading. Then I'll probably just throw them together and make a cobbled together, hopefully somewhat listenable episode. Um, so I will cut it off here. And you guys will hear from me right after this little blip here. Bye. Oh, I'm back. I even got to leave early because we are incredibly slow right now and I am actually going home to surprise my wife who is not expecting me to get home before midnight tonight and usually I don't see her till the following morning when she uh, gives me a kiss goodbye so today I'm actually going to get to spend more than like 20 minutes with her in the car I'll actually get to spend the evening with her which is nice uh, she, yeah which is something that has been very difficult to <laughs> to have recently and it's part of the reason that when I am home I haven't been doing as much research as I would have liked because Quite frankly, I miss my family a lot, so that's kind of where my free time is mostly going to. Um, so I am, as I said, driving home. Um, my phone is at 32%, so this is going to be a test to see how much the Anchor app uh, drains my battery as I head home. So if I cut off, hopefully I will catch it before then and let you know, but ideally I will be able to make it home. I figured with this part of the episode, I will talk about some of the comics I've been reading. Just, I don't know, just because. Um, and as I mentioned yesterday or in the previous uh, portion of this uh, jumbled up podcast, I have some gaps in my comic book reading. I mentioned Sandman is one of them. Some other ones that just come to mind and they're like Transmetropolitan. Something I would absolutely love to read. And just haven't. Um, I've never read Secret Wars. 
the original Secret Wars in Marvel, I've, oh man, um, I've only read very little of, like, The Darkness. A little busier on the road today, so I'm just trying to be more careful as I get onto the highway here. But I decided recently that I was going to solve part of that issue, um, and I jumped into some X-Men comics. Um, I wanted to get into the like powers of X or House of X and all that stuff. I wasn't really sure where to start. Um, I heard a lot of people saying that. I don't even want to say a lot of people. I had seen something online that said, like, there are a few moments in X-Men history that kind of changed everything for them. Um, and they said that, like, House of X is one of those things. And so I was like, okay, I want to get into this, but I want to try and at least go back and see what another one of them was. And that was one that I'd always seen mentioned, but I never really got a chance to read. But I have Marvel Unlimited, so figured why why the heck not. Uh, so, first I read the Joss Whedon... Uh, oh my god, is, is it... Is it Uncanny X-Men? No, Astonishing X-Men, that's what it is. Astonishing X-Men. Uh, so I did go ahead and read that. Um, say what you want about that man. He makes, for the most part, I mean, the Justice League um, additions that he put in weren't exactly the greatest, but for the most part, he can write characters very well. Um, they're a lot of fun to read. Um, having Colossus come back was great. Um, I was pretty invested throughout the whole thing. Um, my biggest issue with that was that the Marvel Unlimited app, when I'm following the storyline, it did not include the very last issue of his run, which was, I think, an annual or, like, an unlimited or a special or whatever. And so, it just kind of goes right into the next Astonishing X-Men arc, which was, um, I believe one of the Warren Ellis stories, Ghost Box, I think it was. Um, so, I you know, had to stop and actually figure out where that issue was. Marvel Unlimited, you've got to fix that stuff. Um, something similar happened with another X-Men one that I read, and that was the Grant Morrison new X-Men that he did. Um, so finally being able to see uh, what happened to Genosha. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Genosha? Genosha? Um, but finally seeing what that is. Like, I had read plenty of X-Men stuff after New X-Men, and that was something that was always brought up, but I never knew what happened. Um, I, I mean, I knew what happened, because they always reference it, but I never actually see, got to see it play out. Um, so, reading it, um, seeing it happen, I, it was really nice. Um, I think characters like Cassandra Nova just kind of show up. Um, I kind of wish there was more of a lead-up to her. Like, the smallest criticism I can ever point to Grant Morrison is that some of his stuff kind of feels a little, I don't want to say disjointed, um, but it feels like there are some things that are thrown in there that really don't have things 
really play out in a way that feels necessary. Um, some of it also feels like why did this happen here? Oh. I can't explain it properly. But there's something about the way he writes things where it feels like you don't get the complete picture all the time. It feels like you get bits and pieces of the picture. Um, so, like, as you start learning something, then it almost feels like he skips ahead a little bit to where I feel like you're missing just, like, that little inner, that little interconnected piece um, in, his, in his stories. I can't even give you a good example of it right off the top of my head. Um, but for, so for that first part I mentioned where I feel like sometimes things just kind of happen and then they kind of don't really play out in any substantial way. Um, Beast coming out, I thought that would have been great. I think that is something that could happen. It probably should have happened long ago. Um, I don't know if they're actually doing anything with that in the comics currently. I don't remember it really being referenced at all post-New X-Men, uh, from what I've read. But yeah, he just kind of introduces it, and then, I don't know, from what I remember, nothing happens. Like, he mentions, if I remember, he just kind of shoots it down, being like, oh, I was just kind of experimenting with reactions of this... A woman he was dating at the time or something. I don't know. I just... I feel like something could have been done there and it wasn't. Um, so that was a little bit of a downer, but... I mean, for the most part... Oh! Uh, for example, some of the um, things I said, his writing sometimes feel like it's kind of uh, not stitched together well. I think a lot of the uh, Shi'ar stuff that is in there, um, with Cassandra and Xavier's body going up there. It would have been nice to have kind of seen, like, more of that stuff play out, as opposed to, like, oh, he's up there, and now suddenly everyone's, he's, Cassandra's done her thing up there. Like, it would have been kind of nice to see how some of that played out, um, what exactly she was doing prior to that, to kind of start putting the pieces together, all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, stuff with um, the White Queen, um, finally seeing like how that stuff with her and Cyclops uh, kind of got started was interesting. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that I had read prior to this that always being referenced. Um, a lot of changes that uh, were different from what I remember as a kid reading and I never really knew how stuff like that came to be. Um, not realizing like a lot uh, most of the stuff was from Grant's books. Um, so I'm glad to finally have that under um, kind of past me now. Um, really good. Really enjoyed it. Uh, if you haven't read it I would suggest doing it. I really wish I could love Frank Quietly's art. I just, that's one of those things I just, I can respect it, but it just not, does not appeal to me. His little Play-Doh looking people, I just, I've never really enjoyed um, some of that stuff. He goes into super great detail with his art, but 
yeah, people in particular, sometimes they're kind of varied, you know, sometimes they look like Where's Waldo sketches, where they're super tall and lanky and have little bean heads, and then the next they have little beach ball heads, and they're kind of on the chunkier side, so, like, proportions and stuff kind of seem all over the place, and that's not just new X-Men, that's something I've caught his, a lot in his work, but... You know, people really love it. I'm not even saying it's bad. It's just not something that I particularly like. And that's typically the reasons why. Um, but yeah, new X-Men, really good. Joss Whedon's Astonishing X-Men, really good. So I'm glad to finally have read those books. Um, also, I picked up the first trade of Radiant Black when it was on sale on Amazon. That is also really good. Um, it's, I really love the design of the costume. Um, the colors really make it pop. The kind of um, struggle he has at trying to get a footing and a uh, confidence under himself and what he does. Um, it's really good. Really good character work. His friend is kind of a POS, but it, he's also kind of a very likable POS. Um, but yeah, specifically the hero aspect of it, um, the powers seem interesting. Again, I love the look of the character. I love the colors of it. Everything about that really pops. Um, but at that, you know, first trade, you don't really get too much into, um, a lot of stuff like, you know, that there's a war coming, he's going to stop it. And it seems like the one of the threats um, that the Radiant is providing um, shows up at the very end after you get to learn about Radiant Red, I'm guessing is what her name is, um, which I really like her as well, trying to come to terms with what her, was it husband or fiance? what her her relationship um, is kind of crumbling based on the greed and um, oh my god I'm blanking on words the addictions of like gambling there we go um, all that stuff is really good really really good stuff um, so Radiant Black, I can see why people have talked highly of it. It seems really good. And I will probably pick up the future trades next time I can afford to do so. Um, the other ones um, are not so much comics as much as, like, I have some webtoons here I want to talk about. Uh, the first is uh, Zatanna and the Ripper. And this was not one I was coming. I didn't know anything. About, I don't actually know like what DC has in store for webtoons. Um, they do have Vixen out. I tried reading that. It wasn't really uh, sticking with me. I felt like it wasn't really going anywhere. And the ones I had read up to that point, really don't like the Beast Boy design there. Um, so I kind of dropped Vixen. But Zatanna, really, really good. Really like the art. Beautiful looking book, and Zatanna is very well written. Um, it has her at, I think she's just turned 21. 
um, and she is kind of getting pushed out from under the wing of her father, Zaitara. And as he starts to do it, as he's like, you need to have confidence in yourself and you have confidence in your magic. If you have that, you can do it. And she keeps thinking back to a very specific mistake she had that um, probably ruined a kid's life for... Uh, that basically will scar a kid for life from, from what it reads like. Um, and so she is very hesitant about going out on her own, knowing that she may very well mess up like that again and not have her father there to save her um, in her mistakes. Which just feels like a generally human thing about getting out on your own and not having the cushion of your parents to be there. Um... So that is nice, but, you know, it's Zaytana, it's magic. Uh, things go wrong. Her father gets kidnapped. And so, um, yeah, things go bad for Zaytana. And so it's, it's a good book. It's funny. And I look forward to reading more as it comes along. Sorry, I'm kind of bobbing and weaving between people on bikes in the street and the mailman parked and incoming cars. Just a two-lane street here in the residential area. Um, so yeah, Zetan the Ripper. Um, I would even if you don't have webtoons, I would at least suggest looking it up and just reading it. Um, it it's really good. It's fun not like Wayne Adventures fun, but it, it's a good book. Um, if this was released as like comics, I would pick it up. It's, it's really good. Really solid, solid read. Um, another one I want to mention is Stag Town. Um, that is a, almost reminds me of like Erie, Indiana. It's this woman who moves back home and, well not back home, she moves back to her hometown she goes to a apartment and things are off. Um, for example, like one of the first things that happens is that suddenly the town is overrun by security cameras. One morning they were not there. The next morning they are literally every five feet in the town and no one knows where they are or how they got there. Um, trying to they're even like in the like bedrooms and stuff of every single person in the town. Um, so she has, they, you know, they're trying to follow the cords back to see where it leads to, and they can't do that. Um, and so it's those kind of like really odd mystery things about this town that she gets invested in trying to figure out, um, along with a couple other of her friends there. And, yeah, it's, again, the art is nice. I really like the looks of the characters. Um, the writer, she goes by the name of Punko, if I remember right. Um, very good sense of humor. Um, also, very just intriguing mysteries. Um, every time something new comes up, I, I mean, I read through everything I could. Um, within a matter of, like, two days. Um, it's... 
fantastic, fantastic story. Um, sorry, I am home. Um, but yeah, Stagtown is also on Webtoons. Um, highly suggest reading that as well, especially if like you do like those almost like Twilight Zone-esque um, sort of stories. Um, it's good. It's fun. It's funny. And... Yeah, so I am home. Um, I will try and touch on some of the last stuff I'm reading um, probably on Tuesday since I don't work Monday. And yeah, um, so you will catch me here after this little interlude. I don't know if I'm going to put songs in between or if I'm just going to do like a bleep and then move on. But either way, whatever comes next, you'll catch me after. So talk to you in a second okay i am back it has actually been a few days uh weekends pass so i'm just heading home now uh kind of my last full week on uh the late shift as next week my kids go back to school so uh, kind of excited to be able to bike, go back to somewhat regular hours, even though I'm still on 10-hour, uh, four days a week shift, which will be changing in September. Um, so, trying to think off where I left off on Friday. Um, I think, I know I was doing webtoons, I think I talked about um, Stagtown, uh, which was the webtoon where there seems to be like some mystery um, force at play in a town um, the small cast of characters but they're all really uh, well realized and very much uh, easy to love um, so if I remember right I described it like eerie Indiana I think I may have said Twilight Zone it's not like Twilight Zone um, there are some aspects of it where I think you could be like, I could see that going in a Twilight Zone ask, uh, Twilight Zone area, um, but it's 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 not that. It's very much a weird thing happens. Uh, they are trying to find a way out of town, but the town will not let them leave for uh, reasons that are unknown. Um, but nothing seems to be going their way, and. The town almost seems sentient in and of itself. Uh, there's a greater mystery at play, and they're just trying to figure it out. Uh, really good stuff. I uh, really like the art as well. Um, so, yeah, I would recommend that. Um, the other last one I will recommend for Webtoons is, I believe it's called Everything is Fine. And that's an interesting little story. Um, it seems to be kind of a dystopian take um, where people they don't come right out and say it but it seems like people have had their kids taken from them and they now live in a world where everybody has like giant cat heads um, almost like giant mascot cat heads um, on their bodies and they're not allowed to take it off um, and so it's it's really weird um, they don't really go too far into like how everything has come to be the way it is, um, but 
there are um, plots in place that definitely get you wondering like just how far down the rabbit hole this whole world has kind of gotten. Um, I don't know if it's a whole worldwide thing, if it's a specific um, location, I'm not really sure. Um, but kind of seeing the different characters at play, some that try and go along with what is going on, um, some who are kind of slowly losing it, some who are trying to find a way around uh, kind of the greater government, I guess, at play. But it's done in like this very like almost lighthearted kind of art style and tone, but then like as things happen, it gets kind of dark in many ways, and so there's that nice kind of balance of, oh, hey, this world on the surface looks cute and cuddly, but it's not hard to see, like, just how far bad things have gotten there. Um, so, everything is fine. Um, they just started their, like, season two or whatever, um, I'd say a month or two back. Can't really talk about that without spoiling what happens in season one, but it's good. I would highly recommend that as well. So the last kind of books I want to talk about reading are like maybe's first manga, manga, whatever you want, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, I just kind of want to talk about Dragon Ball Super and One Punch Man. So Dragon Ball is one of those series that I've loved ever since I was a kid. Um, I know I. My first exposure to it was waking up on a Sunday morning at like 6 o'clock and turning on the TV and seeing Kid Goku turning into a giant ape in Pilaf's castle. Um, as far as I know, this was before Dragon Ball Z actually hit the States. Um, I remember the, I want to say the intro, like commercial to tell me that Dragon Ball was coming on had hints of what was going to occur in Z, but Z wasn't being aired at that time. This was, I was probably like six or so, like 90, my guess would be like 91, 92. So I've always loved Dragon Ball. And so Dragon Ball Super comes around. I, as someone who never really cared about like the original actor, you know, voice actors or anything, I always, I always go dub. I'm just... I'm a simpleton like that, I guess, but when Dragon Ball Super came around and they're like, oh, Dragon Ball's back after this very, uh, very long gap of nothing being done, I hopped on that. I was going online and watching the episodes as they were airing in Japan. Um, I would watch the non-subbed version and then I would re-watch it again with the subbed version just because it felt good to have those characters in my life again. Um, and so now that the Superman, or Superman, oh my god, the Dragon Ball Super uh, manga is still going uh, past the animated show and they're doing stuff outside of what the movies have brought over, um, I've been reading all of that as well. And all I gotta say is I am glad that the uh, granola and gas arc seems to be coming to an end. It went on far too long. Um, the fact that Gas had like a final transformation that was essentially swept under the rug in the same um, bit that it was that he appeared in 
felt kind of stupid. I don't know why they just didn't scratch that completely. Remove granola. Well, I don't want. I don't want to spoil anything. Let's just say that it was a very lackluster. What appears to be ending. I haven't seen uh, what has come after this as of right now. Um, Vegeta's new God of Destruction-esque transformation uh, looks kind of stupid, um, but I'll see what that's like. Maybe if it's utilized better later. Um, I kind of like the idea that he's become almost like a tank in a way. That he's like, just give me all that damage and I'll pay it back to you in a way. But as we know, Vegeta, he takes a lot of damage because he is kind of the... Um, he's kind of the man who gets pushed around a lot too often. Um, Jobber. Uh, i trying to think of what I've seen him called. Jabita or something like that. Yeah, there is some interesting stuff there. Um, I don't know how I feel about them bringing Bardock into it and kind of uh, changing up the aspects of the Saiyan race a bit, especially with like Bardock being their tough soldier and now he seems to have like feelings and I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that side of stuff. Um, I don't know why Goku would really care at all. He's never really seemed all that interested up until now. Um, yeah, I don't know. Parts of it I liked, parts of it I didn't. Went when, way too long. Um, but sometimes that's Dragon Ball is just constantly kicking a dead horse throughout an entire series until <laughs> until it's wrapped up. Um, so I'll be curious to see where this goes. Um, I know there's rumors of a new animated series coming out uh, in the future, and they're working on it after Superhero, uh, which comes out next week, which I'm excited to see, even though I've had it spoiled for me. Um, so yeah, there's that. Dragon Ball, love it. And then One Punch Man I actually got into this year, and I've been keeping up with that too. And there's another series where the current story arc finally wrapped up after what felt like three months. And I gotta say, I, I don't care about like any of the characters in that series. What I love is the art. I love the action. Um, it is just, it's like a big dumb summer action popcorn flick in manga form. It's it's just kind of dumb fun. I know that um, Saitama is supposed to be the like joke character as to what like, a lot of the heroes are in this kind of medium. Um, I just don't really care about any of them. <laughs> I think some of them are interesting. Some of them, I mean, I, I like the goofiness of, like, Tank Top Master and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. When I go to One Punch Man, I go into the, for the action. Um, I really do think the art is pretty top-notch. Uh, the recent 
fight that took place not on Earth was so cool. The serious table flip was awesome. It makes me wonder where they're going to go next, um, especially since there hasn't really been much character interaction with uh, Sutama and the like Hero Association. And now that you would think some of them may know what he is capable of, that they might try and address that. But I don't really know. I don't really know what is coming of that. Um, but I'll be curious to see. I just... It's one of those series that I've been reading it over Shonen Jump. Uh, same with Dragon Ball Super. But like it got me to wanting to check out the Reddit where people have been going on and posting the Like early, the early art in like their own. Sorry, just try to creep up here and make sure I can actually turn. Our cop right next to me. Um, but yeah, I have been going on Reddit to get like early access to the stories before Shonen Jump gets it. So, yeah, I'm, I've really grown to love One Punch Man for what I enjoy it for, which is just mindless action, um, and I think it does a really good job with that. Um, I would say in some cases it's more entertaining than Dragon Ball, um, but I actually like the characters in Dragon Ball, um, so I, mean, I guess that's the, that's the difference there. But, so yeah, that's basically everything that I've wanted to talk about. I've been reading other stuff, like The Dark Crisis and um, World's Finest, all that kind of stuff. Um, maybe I'll talk about that another time. But, just getting that stuff out of my mind, just to get an episode out. I will try and get them all kind of combined and put out before the end of this week. Um, the last thing I want to note, because um, this actually happened today. Is August 2nd, and that was the news that the Batgirl movie was canceled by Warner Brothers, which I think took a lot of people by surprise, because I think that movie is done, and the fact that they are trying to cut costs, and the way they're cutting costs is by not releasing a basically finished movie, seems weird to me, you would... Like, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of, like, funds that go into releasing a movie. But I would think that they would have some faith that the movie would bring in more money than, like, what they could possibly spend on after this. Like, they would, if they were really concerned about money, they could put that movie out without, like, any fanfare, no marketing or anything to try and save costs on that end. And surely, surely they would bring in some money to recoup what they lost. And isn't that more than what they're getting out of what they're doing now, which is nothing? Um, except bad will. Uh, of course, you have people going out there and trying to compare it to the Snyderverse. And um, people are worried that this is going to expand beyond other things like the Blue Beetle movie that was being worked on um, or that stuff like Peacemaker 
may not see a season two. Um, so I think a lot of people are just in general concerned with what could be coming next. Um, I know they canceled that like Scoob sequel as well, which whatever, I thought that Scoob movie was kind of bad, but he's thrown, I guess. Um, so yeah, that was the bad news for today is that, hey, this movie that if I remember right, has uh, Dominican leads and there are several uh, trans people on the um, like producing or directing or something. Um, I didn't, these are just things I noticed on, on Twitter as I was scrolling through seeing people's responses, but it seems like it was a very diverse cast um, that got axed, which is a bummer for um, those communities that don't really get the uh, support that they should. Um, so that is a bummer. Um, I know I've seen a lot of people being bummed that Brendan Fraser is now <laughs> not going to be seen as Firefly, which seemed cool. Um, but yeah, lost opportunity. Um, it sucks for everyone involved with that, and I hope people that were involved were not too, I won't say disheartened, because of course they're disheartened, their hard work and everything was just kind of thrown in the gutter, uh, but hopefully they all bounce back, um, and hopefully that whatever comes next, hopefully it's not too bad, um, but I am home, and so this will be my last one for this recording. Maybe there will come more in the future. Um, ideally, we will start getting episodes, uh, normal episodes of Hyper Time next month. Um, but if not, if I need to push that back even more, probably expect something um, as poorly recorded as this. Um, so with that, I will bid you all do. Uh, thank you for listening to this Frankenstein episode. Um, I hope it was at least somewhat likable. Um, and I will see you further down the Hyper Time. Take care. Bye. This has been a VGU.TV production. For all of the hottest hot takes and other opinions on video games, music, and a lot more, tune in to VGU.TV.